Welcome to For Your Amusement. My name is Kyle, joined by my friends Nolan and Nick, and we are here for your amusement to take you through the amusement parks of the world. Nolan, Nick, welcome to the first ever For Your Amusement podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's been a a long time in the making, but uh, I'm definitely excited to kind of get the ball rolling on this. Yeah, we definitely have an interesting episode, too, and we got some some pretty first-hand Velocicoaster news coming up, but uh, Kyle, since you kicked off the intro, you want to give a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. Yeah, so right now, um, so I am in New York City, um, so I don't have as much theme park experience as you guys growing up in uh, Florida going to Universal and Disney throughout your lives, but I have been there a ton of times. Um, you know, that's obviously, we're all passionate about theme parks uh, and amusement parks. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've been going to ones here, you know, Six Flags, things like that. Um, how about you guys? You want to talk a little bit about uh, your experience? Yeah. Uh, real quick, um, I think it's actually kind of cool uh, that you're kind of outside the, the state of Florida. Because uh, obviously like a lot of listeners that we're going to have um, are not going to be from Florida. So uh, they'll probably get the same point of view as you where you're very interested in kind of going to the parks and not being able to be so close is kind of a cool point of view. Yeah, but, uh, and I, I know. I listen to a few podcasts on, you know, theme parks and, you know, museum parks. And, like, you know, clearly, you know, I – I'm not able to go to the parks, you know, every, you know, month, every few months. And so, like, this kind of gives me a little piece of the parks every time I listen to it. And that's what I'm hoping that we can give to everyone that's listening. Right, right. So back to me real quick. Uh, been to Universal, Disney, SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, uh, the most, obviously, Universal. Um, been to Horror Nights going from, I think, 18 or 19. I believe 19. Nice. Um, and I'm just a huge, huge, huge fan, and uh, I'm excited for the future of actually both parks because I think with our technology and kind of what they're shooting for is uh, there's going to be a lot of new improvements to both of these parks, and I think because of the way that Universal has been doing things lately, it'll be a uh, competition that'll eventually benefit the people going to either, so... I live very close to Nolan. I grew up with that kid. Oh yeah, and uh, I'm Nolan, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm I'm Nick, and I grew up very close to Nolan. We've been friends for well, 15 plus years, something like that. Um, we've taken numerous trips to Universal together. Growing up in Florida, obviously theme parks were a regular routine vacation. Um, I hope that we can give you a different perspective, especially from us personally and what we're into of the parks. I'm a photographer and an artist, and if you want to, you know, see some interesting stuff from the parks, we're going to be posting it on our social media, so you'll be able to see some of my work out there. Um, I'm excited to get this ball rolling, um, and welcome to For Your Amusement. Welcome to the, the, we'll call it less the three horsemen since we don't have a fourth, but welcome to four-year amusement, gentlemen. 
Definitely. So, Nick, I mean, I know you're the lucky one here. You got to experience the brand-new Jurassic Park Velocicoaster. Um, and I think it's debuting – is it debuting today or in a couple of days? I think Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Thursday, okay. So why don't you talk a little bit about your experience there because I know a lot of people are excited to hear about it. Whenever Universal or Disney, any theme park opens a new ride and they keep it under wraps for a while and people speculate, you get the craziest speculations and conspiracies on what things are going to be. And this is one of those rides where when it was unveiled, it was beyond the hype that was created through speculation. You saw these crazy twists and turns throughout the track especially with the top hat being so high. I think it's the highest point in Universal. So real quick, the storyline of the coaster is you are in the Jurassic World Amusement Park and you're about to embark on a raptor run safely while the raptors are in their paddock. Obviously, as every story-based coaster goes, nothing goes to plan. Um, It has two launches. Now, the launches are very different from any launch that you see in the park's especially compared to the Hulk, because the Hulk is is very fast. This The Velocicoaster rocks back and then sets you forward, so it's not as uh, surprising or jarring. But let me tell you something, gentlemen. Your <laughs> ass is never in the seat the entire time you're going through this coaster. Wow. It is, you, you lose your perspective on where you are in the ride in the first half. There are so many twists and turns. Um, the, my favorite part about this ride is a lot of rides are front-loaded, so the front half of the coaster is full of super crazy turns, twists, upside down, jarring movements, whatever. Then the back half, they just kind of bring you into the gate, and that's it. As soon as you go over the top hat, I think the coaster gets better. There is a stretched-out barrel roll inversion over water. That is probably one of the most surprising things that's happened on a roller coaster in my life. Um when this thing opens, it's going to get insane reviews. I think it's my favorite roller coaster in the state. Uh, people compare it to Hagrid's. I, I rode it back-to-back. I rode Hagrid's and Velocicoaster back-to-back. I don't have a favorite. Don't ask me my favorite because I don't have that answer. Um, when you guys do it, if you guys get the chance to go on both, you're going to be able to make that for yourself. But Universal, especially Islands of Adventure, is killing it with their newest rides. Nolan, did you want to go next? Um, Talk about that. I mean, I wish I could get to go on next. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, I've been, obviously, we've been all been tracking this since, like, I think last year, whatever it was, obviously with COVID, um, gave us something to talk about. But uh, it's honestly really refreshing to hear that, um, just how well they've been able to execute with uh, the new attraction, uh, especially with uh, kind of like a hit and miss for a, uh, years the last like five years obviously Hagrid was a big success but um it's just it's really cool because it was an attraction that was built uh by itself it wasn't built uh a replacement sort of thing um so I'm just excited to hear different reviews like Nick was saying and um I'm kind of curious to hear the uh the last barrel roll uh quote from Nick because a lot of people talk about it, but I haven't heard, like, a first-hand experience from somebody I know. So uh, how was the last uh, barrel roll at the end over the water? I mean, that's – like I said, it's the craziest thing that I've been surprised to experience. It, there, There's nothing – there's really nothing like that. 
you you feel like you're going to be dumped off into the lake. Like that's the closest thing I can describe it. It's it's very it's very unique. Because so, most of the time when you go upside down on a ride, you're only upside down for, you know, whatever it is, a fraction of a second. Right. You're maybe there for at least uh I don't know, three quarters of a second, a full second. I mean it's it, you're you're upside down for a while. Very, very wow. unique. And so you're you're continuously like you're rolling or are you just kinda like held is still over the water? I mean, considering you can't stop a coaster 70 miles an hour abruptly over the water safely, you're going forward. Um, you probably end up maybe 12, 15 feet from the water, so you're pretty close to it. Is it it's really crazy. Is it similar um, to people that went to Universal back in the day, where so Islands of Adventure? Is it similar to um, Dueling Dragons, where you would have like those near misses? Kind of obviously, it's like a water rather than like an actual. Uh, coaster was it kind of similar to that in a sense or not really yeah it is similar to that it's that's actually a pretty decent way of describing it so like sorry Nolan you go no you're good you're good so like Nick like let's compare it to like a traditional coaster like the Hulk like is it is the difference that it's just you feel like you're kind of levitating and, you know, more than, you know, like, the Hulk is just all speed? Or how, how does that differ? The, the, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the Hulk as its age, to be honest with you. So the Hulk is more of a predictable coaster. You can see the turns coming up ahead. With this roller coaster, there are so many tight turns and quick inversions, you literally lose where you are in the ride. Like, it's very difficult to describe. Like, when you're on the mummy and all of a sudden you make that, <laughs> when you make that initial launch, Nolan, you, maybe you're going to yeah. help me out here describing this. You make that initial launch, and then there's like a hard bank to the right, and you feel like yeah. you're going to be thrown <laughs> into the ceiling. So imagine that, but every other like turn. It's it's. I can only Nolan said this before. I can only imagine riding this thing at night. I think that's going to be the icing on the cake because riding Hagrid's at night is probably the best experience that I've had at the parks, and this this might top it 100. percent is it open at night yet, or not yet? When I, yeah, I think it has been, because they extended their hours, but when I was there, they closed before uh, uh, sundown. Yes, and, I think, uh, just real quick, I think they have the hours from, uh, depending on the day of the week, but I think it's between, like, 8 or 10, I believe, for the summer. Yeah, the weekends, yeah, for sure. It'll probably be like that during the week, too, just, like, get some more money out of it, but and then, I got you. Nick, is it? Like, in terms of, like, characters, like, is it all, like, are they all, like, they're there during the pre-show, and then, like, the ride is the ride, or is, like, the story continuing on the ride, too? Um, the, probably the former, so their characters are based in the pre-show, and then the ride stands on its, on its own. Gosh. And it's, like, the, the, only, same- the only, go ahead. Oh, no, you go first, then I'll, I'll ask. The you. only characters that are uh, directly on the ride are the raptors. That's it. Okay. Cause, and then is it, like, the same characters from, like, Jurassic World, like Chris Pratt from Styles Howard? Yeah, it's, uh, what's her name? Bryce Styles Howard is, is it Claire? Yeah. And then I think it's Owen Grady. Yeah, it's uh-huh. just them two. Oh, no, it's not. It's three. It's the uh, the doctor. I forget what his name is. Uh, I can't yeah. But he's talking about genetic engineering and making the raptors whatever. 
Hey, that's kind of like, I don't know, I forget. There, there's a really interesting part of the queue, though, that there's a window, multiple windows, that have the second launch where you can see it fly by you. And then they have the Raptors digitally enhanced over the screen that run past as if they're running with the car. And I was blown away by that. Every time I went on the ride, I rode it three times. Nobody gave a shit <laughs> about it. They just walked by and really didn't even care. I thought it was really, really cool. I thought it was a nice touch. Um, I have two questions. Um, re- regarding the queue, um, how were the uh, the Raptors that they had? Um, I think there was two of them, right? Two or three? There's two. There's two, and I have some pictures and videos if you want to post them. But, um, the the animatronics that they had are, in my opinion, they're they're unbelievable. They're they look real. They look like they're breathing. They look like they could break out of their restraints and eat you alive. It's it's really impressive what they've achieved. And then my second question is kind of a, a thinker. Um, so with the addition of the Velocicoaster, obviously they just added Hagrid's as well uh, a couple of years ago. Um, with the current atmosphere of kind of how Islands is looking, um, how big of a gap is it between Universal because they really haven't had too much in the thrill aspect and obviously Gringotts was a pretty big success but besides mm-hmm. that they've been really kind of slacking over there. So um what's what's your direct question? I'm a little confused. So what uh what's something that you think Universal could have improved to yeah get it to kind of obviously it can get better right now by one attraction than islands but something that yeah yeah because i feel like a lot of people are going to now head to islands and universal's kind of kind of looking like a sore thumb not that bad but yeah it's kind of become the stepchild part first of all i just want to bring something up real fast you said a couple years ago Haggard's was built. That's insane. Time flies by way too fast because that feels like it was open last year. But anyway, I think the biggest mistake that Universal's made is they incorporated far too many screen rides. You have Simpsons, you have Gringotts, you have Jimmy Fallon, you have Fast and Furious, you have Transformers. So it kind of feels like you're just riding the same ride over and over and over and over. I think the best thing that Universal can do, no matter what they decide to uh, go forth with, whether it be a dark ride or a roller coaster or a, a shooter, whatever it is, don't make another screen ride. Everybody says the first thing that needs to be ripped out is Fast and the Furious. I would argue Simpsons. Simpsons, I don't think, is that great of a ride. I think it was kind of a waste of a land. Um, I don't have a direct answer to it, but I think if there is a vague answer, it's make it practical. That's it. That was a solid answer. Yeah, but I think I think what Universal their their saving grace is is Diagon Alley and that mm-hmm. Harry Potter section because it's so good and that section is so superior to the the um di- the um the one in Universal and Islands uh, Hogsmeade and not in terms I mean not in terms of rides but just in terms of the land and obviously they have a lot more room but it just it, the way they they laid it out I think that's they are saving grace, and I think, you know, like you said, a lot of things can be done, you know, in the rest of that, you know, park in Universal, but I think that that's a huge thing that people are going to come back to, you know, so that 
you know, I don't think the Universal is going to be skipped over, you know? Right. right. I just want to bring something up real fast. This is kind of a little left of what we were talking about. But if you go from, uh, what's that? Forbidden Journey area. What do they call that? Uh, Nocturne Alley? No, 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 no. Uh, not Forbidden Journey. Oh, freaking Oddly. hell. Poseidon's Fury. What's that? What's that area called? Um, um, <laughs> oh, the mystical. Uh, lost, lost Continent. Lost Continent. Yeah. Thank you. So you go from the Lost Continent, transferring to Hogsmeade, to the Jurassic Park area, to Kong, out to the comic land and then the superhero island. That flow, it's seamless. It feels great. It transitions perfectly. I think Islands has kind of gone from the stepchild park to kind of like the bread and butter themed baby of Universal. Because Universal, like you were saying, Nolan, I mean, it, it's just kind of it's kind of losing its luster. Yeah, and it used to be uh, my, my favorite out of the two. Right, me too. So I'm going to ask both of you the question that you asked me. What do you think Universal could do to bring people over? You could say specifically or you could do it just vaguely, but I'm just curious to know what you guys think. Um, I think the first step is obviously what you said. No matter what they do, is a practice, practical ride. Um, because I, as you can see with Islands of Adventure, um, they've been hitting with that in particular, and Universal hasn't. Um, but... In particular, I would say probably, I mean, it's an easy cop-out answer, but the uh, the kids' section in the back, um, they have so much land back there. Um, I mean, there's it could have been Nintendo World, but obviously for reasons it's in the new park. Um, but, I mean, whatever thing that they could put there, I think it would be a huge improvement because right now that's just like a dead area. And I know they just added like a new show or what whatnot, but I think – a smarter move for them for the future, especially would be to put maybe like, not even like, it doesn't have to be a throw ride, but uh, a nice like kids attraction slash, slash uh, section that uh, would be a great kind of people attraction, you know? Yeah, Nolan, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, especially like the kids land bleeding into fear factor. Like now the fear factor is shut down. They have so much land and space in that section because that theater is mm-hmm. huge. And so, like, that, they need a, a big, like, I think that they could do something with the kids' land, but I think they could also put in a new ride, like, where that, you know, the Fear Factor live uh, stage was. Yeah. And even, like, you know, animal actors, like, I don't know, I've never seen animal actors, <laughs> but, like, that's a big, big space, too. Like, you know, put in, the, the key here is no matter what they put in, they need to put in something. Because the last few big rides, like from Hagrid's and now Jurassic World, um, were to Islands of Adventure. And now Universal needs something to get people back. Um, so I think that's going to be a huge thing. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, though, or if they're going to want to do it with the new park being constructed. Yeah. 100%. I don't know. But I think they, like the new park's going to take a few years. So, like, in the time being, they should put something in, in Universal. You know, in Universal. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to, uh, that was a pretty good, uh, transition, Nick. Uh, but moving on to the next segment, um, so, as you guys know, or maybe you don't know, 
Uh, 31 years ago today, actually, was uh, the first day that Universal Orlando opened. Wow. Specifically, Universal Studios. Obviously, Islands is later. Um, but I have a question that you guys may or may not know. So um, there were two attractions that opened uh, when it opened in 91 that are still open today. So I think you guys know one, but mm -hmm. uh, you might have trouble with the second one. So I'll let you guys kind of guess on that. Men in Black. <laughs> Incorrect. Well, the first oh, one is oh. easy. That's E.T. E.T. Correct. That's one. And the second one... Oh, oh I think I know what it is. Nick, <laughs> Nick, you can guess, but I think I know what it is. Uh... Uh... <laughs> guess, Kyle. Uh, the horror makeup show. He's a winner. Hey. A oh, winner. yeah. yeah. Well, well, I knew once you said attraction, I knew that it wasn't any yeah, more was, difficult. It wasn't going to be a ride. Yeah, and that's yeah. the one that's been there the longest. Yeah, so uh, those two, obviously, they're the only two remaining. Um, and it's pretty cool because I thought, actually, the horror makeup show was a little bit later. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess not. So um, that's pretty cool. And uh, so... In regards to that, do you guys kind of know how uh, Steven Spielberg kind of got involved with everything, or not really? Oh, not. I mean, I know a little bit, but why don't you take us through what happened? Yeah, so um, apparently um, his old college roommate was in charge of the Kong ride, or he was working on it, in particular the actual animatronic, uh, something like that. And from that, he kind of asked him, like, hey, what are your thoughts on this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and obviously at the time, he saw, or both of them saw, um, Hollywood Studios, um, MGM Studios, I forget exactly what it was called back then, um, was opening also. So he kind of thought of it, uh, Spielberg, as like a, a thing to kind of maybe do, because he obviously, movie-wise, a lot of his movies were universal-based. Um, as a way to kind of help Universal in a way. So with that, obviously, E.T. he made, or uh, he helped, uh, Jaws, and, uh, there's a couple other ones, I forget exactly, but, um, so if it wasn't for his roommate, um, who knows how Universal would have probably looked, and it's kind of wild to kind of think of it as it is today, so. Yeah, and Back to the Future, he was also the executive producer yeah, of yeah, so Back to the Future, ride. too. Wow. And so what's what's interesting, too, is I know um, Steven Spielberg um, had said if they ever take out the E.T. ride, which is the last remaining ride <laughs> from that, uh, that he'll he will, he'll never work with Universal again. So. I agree with that. They took Jaws away. <laughs> You're not taking E.T. away. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy also because. um you think of Jaws and E.T. and uh, Back to the Future, too, how they were huge um, attractions to kind of bring people in. Mm -hmm. And the things that, obviously, Jaws is replaced by Diagon Alley, so that's no complaints there. But um, not even just the Spielberg rides, but the way that it kind of had transitioned into what it is today um, has been pretty hit or miss. Uh, Nick was kind of talking about that earlier, um, especially with the Back to the Future ride, 
Um, I know he put up a TikTok earlier, actually, um, and a lot of people were commenting about uh, Twister was up there. Uh, Back to the Future was a big one. And a couple of people actually were talking about the uh, the Ghostbusters attraction. Ghostbusters, yeah. Um, and it's a little sad about that because I don't think Nick – I think it closed before he even had an opportunity, I'm pretty sure. It did, it did. Yeah, I've only think, seen it through the internet. Mm-hmm, yeah, and it looked pretty cool. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how it would fare today. Maybe they would enhance it. But uh, I would probably – think of it as a better uh, Poseidon's Fury, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. I don't what, have many shows. What's interesting to me is when you look at Universal and the history of it, you know, it started out as, you know, ride the movies. And that was the concept, was they were taking your favorite movies and they were going to make rides out of them. And that was something that was really new because you had Disney who, you know, had their own attractions that were based on nothing. You know, Haunted Mansion, you know, um, all their other, you know, all the big ones that were you know, pretty much original creations. And there's, there's something to be said for that. But now, like, it's been leading toward that IP, you know, even, you know, Universal with the Avengers and, you know, um, and Avatar and Star Wars. Like, it's all now movie-based. It's actually super interesting that you brought this up. So... I wrote down something earlier today, and I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to save it for another episode, and I think for time I'm going to save it for another episode, but Kyle, that is very ironic that you just brought that up. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, I'm excited to hear now. <laughs> you got to tune into the next episode, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like you hit it on the head, though. It, it's, it's wild, and I kind of think for – the next theme park, I think they're going to resort to that in a more old-fashioned way, like as, mm-hmm. like, as uh, they did in the past. Because I think just with now, they're kind of just enhancing stuff to keep it updated and refreshed. I think they have the mindset of, of uh, they want to keep it for longevity. So they're aiming towards franchises and properties that they can mm-hmm. kind of just keep it there and just build on it with, obviously, they have expansion lands with it too so i mean this strategy i mean it's it's all throughout entertainment you know because like the whole thing is that you know people are going to tune into properties and ips that they like so like that's why you always see sequels and spinoffs and you know prequels and all those things and so it's like the same concept that people are familiar with it and they're going to want to go because of that right right so uh moving on to our last segment um, Kyle, I know you're a huge uh, Marvel fan, Spider-Man fan, um, all of that, and uh, that recently just opened uh, in uh, California. I think it was last Thursday or Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of cool things. Um, there's one huge ride that hasn't been opened. Uh, they don't have an exact timetable for that uh, in particular, but... Uh, Cool. They have a web sling- slingers ride, which is kind of like a men in black sort of thing. And the huge shows that they have with the different characters, and obviously with the Spider-Man thing. So I'll kind of let you uh, leave that. Yeah, thank you. And and before we talk about the rides they do have, do you know anything about the ride they didn't open yet? Um, I know it's it's there's no timetable of a release date, which just kind of sucks. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be 
pretty big, kind of in the sense of like. Isn't it yeah. featuring all the Avengers? Yeah, like kind of like a Rise of the Resistance thing. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. So that's all I know. As that's like any what anybody knows. So. Well, what's interesting, and I mean, you know, I don't understand why. Um, I guess they're adding more rides, but they don't have that many rides. Like, so I guess let's start with you know the the Avengers. Avengers Campus is the uh, the name of the the land, and it's you know focused like Nolan said on all Marvel characters. You know you've seen in the MCU movies, um, and what Disney does really well is that they have all of the the character actors that are there, and so like they've been doing some really cool things with the characters and with the shows. Like I was watching videos before, um, and they have like really cool things like between. Like Doctor Strange is the yeah first. that was a I saw that that was pretty cool actually. So that's the first thing is it's a show it's not a ride which I thought it was gonna be a ride, but it's a ma- it's a magic show essentially and it's gonna be like all of these cool like um like digital effects and like um all these things and I kind of caught a glimpse and it's gonna be Doctor Strange and it's gonna be like a an actual story like almost like a, a mini movie, um so that's really cool. Um, they have like even like. You know, they, they added in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy um, ride, which replaced the old Tower of Terror. Um, that's, the, that's the second ride, um, other than Spider-Man. And they have, uh, they added new characters there, like, you know, Star-Lord and Gamora. And they were, like, playing scenes from the movie, and it was really cool. And um, then, last but not least, uh, the, uh, the big talk is uh, the big Spider-Man actor slash... Yeah robot slash iRobot <laughs> figure. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to touch more on it? Do you want me to go into it? Uh, I'd rather you, and then I could okay. add on to it. Yeah, so if you haven't seen, so the last addition to the land in terms of rides is the Spider-Man ride. And we'll get to that in a second, because that's really cool. But what Nolan was saying was they have a stunt show with a Spider-Man animatronic. And if you look at it, you would think that it was a real person. And there's one, so it's a little, it's a show where you have the voice of Tom Holland, you know, playing Spider-Man, and that's really cool. And then you have Spider-Man on the rooftop, and he he says he's going to sling himself over to a different roof. And he goes flying in the air, and they fling him all the way up, and it's crazy. And the actual, the what is in the air is an animatronic that they designed specifically to do stunts. And so it does that stunt. Um, it like it um, goes down on um, like a web, like just like like almost like crawling down a wall. And it's really cool. Like that, the animatronic is is nuts. If you haven't seen it, look it up. So Nolan, did you want to add on to it? Uh, no, I think you pretty much hit it on the head. I want to get a Nick's thoughts on kind of that, and then we could move on to the actual ride. Yeah. Uh. I'm keeping my mouth shut for a reason because I want to take an axe to this thing. Um, so first of all, I think this is just a big sticky note on a idea board with this animatronic. It is a feat of engineering what they've achieved to make the fluidity of a human being in the air look seamless. Um, it is probably one of the most impressive things that I've seen Disney or any engineering firm company come out with in a while. And I think this is just kind of like a test run for them in the future. There's no way that they put all this money into it just to do a stupid little show with Spider-Man doing somersaults. 
and then <laughs> flying in the air 100 feet. I think that's a little ridiculous to believe. So I think, like, this new e-ticket attraction that could be coming out, they could just throw a giant curveball and come out with something that the world has never seen in the entertainment industry. Could be wrong. But in the future, I think Disney, they're, they're the pinnacle of animatronics. It is super impressive what they've achieved. The implementation of the achievement is very poor, in my opinion. Um, I think the shows are kind of a waste. I think the actors look super uncomfortable with their wigs poorly put on. Um, the one thing that I will say that looks awesome, and I think Kyle would agree with me on this, is, Kyle, I don't know much about the Marvel Universe, so help me like with the terminologies and stuff, mm-hmm. but is it Pim's uh, yeah. lab? So what is the, that? Yeah, Pim's what, How do you lab. say it? Pims. Um, Pims. I think Pims Technology Lab or Pims something. It's uh, an Ant Man section. Which do you want? If you wanted to go into it, it's really cool. So I'll just be brief about it, and then I'll let you go ahead and give your opinion on it. Or Nolan, if you want to chime in, go for it. So I'm super. The prices are ridiculous. They have a hundred dollar mm-hmm. sandwich, which oh, is not. just uh, <laughs> fucking God. What are you doing, Disney? Anyway, the drinks that they came up with, especially the adult beverages, the alcoholic beverages. Just the experimentation with kind of like traditional foods. I'm a big fan of theme park food. You're not going to get it outside the walls of Disney or Universal, whatever they decide to to put out there. I would literally get on a plane right now and fly to California just to try some of those drinks. They look amazing. Um, great job, Disney, with that. You guys killed it with that. That's the only thing that I would probably really praise about Avengers Campus. But anyway, Kyle, I'll go for it. So, yeah, just to briefly just uh, add on to what Nick had said. Um, so Pim's kitchen is based on um, Ant-Man. Um, so Ant-Man's powers are that he can either shrink down really small to the size of an ant, or he can he can blow up to huge to like the size of like a skyscraper. And so what they've done with the the food is that they have um, like um, concoctions where like there is some food that's like really really small and others that are really big. Um, and it's so, like there's this one um, chicken sandwich that looks really good that has a bun that's like very very small and the chicken is a huge slab of chicken and so that looks really cool um there's like this huge hundred dollar sandwich that nick was talking about although it's not that big where it should be a hundred dollars <laughs> um but yeah that's like that theming is really cool i mean hold on how much does a sandwich cost to make let's be real you're gonna give me a sandwich some lettuce and fries <laughs> the markup is like Two thousand percent. Like, come right. on, Disney. <laughs> maybe, Let's be real. It's, maybe it's elite meat from the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> they use they use a oh. SpaceX rocket ship. That yeah, for it. that that would be great, and that's that was what would justify that price. But yeah, I mean, other than that, um, if I want to get into the ride and get your thoughts, because I know you both have some interesting thoughts about the ride. Um, so the Spider-Man ride is the main attraction. Um, and so I know you guys don't like it as much, but I think it looks really cool. Um, so it's similar to like what Nolan was saying about uh, Men in Black, where you're shooting webs um, at um, what they call Spider-Box. Um, and so the, the queue looks good, but the, the main thing is um, there's a pre-show with Tom Holland that – I watched it. It was awesome. If you like Spider-Man, it was a really cool pre-show. Uh, and then the ride itself, you're going around and you're shooting webs, um, trying to rope in uh, these spider bots that kind of got, you know, are multiplying and they kind of got out of control. But what's really cool and what I, I, I'm really excited to try 
you do it by shooting webs the same way that Spider-Man does out of your hand. And they have this really um, great technology that it can, like, these cameras can detect, like, you know, where you're shooting, you know, the, by the position of, like, your head, uh, your shoulders, every, your arm, everything. And you can, you can do things on the screen. Like, you can, you know, you can uh, send a web against, like, a box, and then you can pull your arm back, and it'll pull the, the box back on the screen. And it's like, if you ever wanted to be Spider-Man or, like, thought it was really cool, like, that's your chance. I, I like it a lot. I think it looks awesome. I know you guys have uh, a less of a um, uh, or a more tepid response than I have. Yeah, so so, uh, so I'm I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I was kind of harsh on it at first, mm-hmm. but with the way that they're thinking and kind of what you're saying as well, um, it obviously brings in a lot of Marvel people, Spider-Man people, a huge family ride. And I think the big thing is how well the other attraction is. And then you could kind of really play that. Because say this other ride is very good, I think it's a great compliment. Say the other ride is bad, then you have a big issue. Um, the actual ride, I think the problem that a lot of people have is it just looks very cheap. Just because it's like a universal ride. It's uh fast and furious where the screens i know the technology and all that i think is really cool but i think they could have really enhanced the way that disney is they could enhance the actual storytelling and the ride and different sets that they could have done because it's it's spider-man you know it's not some custom uh random story it's spider-man and i think they could have done a lot more however uh i'm not sure exactly how it is with uh not copyright but what they're allowed to do with Islands of Adventure, you know? So maybe they were limited in that space. Well, so so it's interesting you brought that up because that – so there's a, a, a law. Because Marvel had sold uh, the rights to their characters to uh, Universal for the theme parks back, like, 20 years ago, 30, right. 25, whatever it was. Um, so they're not allowed to have any of those big characters, Spider-Man, you know, Iron uh, – not Iron Man, you know, um, Fantastic Hulk, Four, Hulk. Yeah. In in um, uh, in Florida, um, but for whatever reason, they're able to have it in California because they didn't have that same deal. Um, so it won't be in Florida, at least not that ride. Um, but it will be in you know California is okay. Gosh, yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, so Nick. Yeah, Nick, what do you think? Lay, lay Thor's hammer. Oh god. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick it apart like that. Um Nolan made a good point with it being a good potentially a good complement to the new e ticket that's yet to be opened. I don't think that's gonna be a flop. I, I think that's gonna be incredible, even if you dislike those movies or that uh world. Um Nolan was very right with saying or spot on with saying that it was it looks cheap. It does look cheap. Sitting in front of a screen is kind of a big turnoff for me for rides since I've been on so many. Now, if I'm thinking from a general public standpoint, it's great. There's a lot of rewritability. It's interactive. You can compete against your friends or your family or whoever you're with. Um, I, I'm on the fence about the whole gift shop accessories that you can buy to quote-unquote enhance your ride experience which gives you like a leverage over another player i kind of don't like that that you can buy your way to a a higher score or an advantage um 
I I think they didn't disappoint to the degree of Fast and the Furious, but I think they kind of went cheap for a reason, and I'm kind of hoping that reason is because the new e-ticket is going to be something super special. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of thinking, which is why I didn't uh, give it as harsh of a reaction after I thought about it. Because if you think about it, like, if you're trying to penny pinch, what's the easiest thing to do? Throw up some projection, and you're going to save millions of dollars. Making animatronics, that that's a bunch of upkeep, that, that's having a mechanic that can fix all those issues when it happens. God forbid the ride goes down for a day or two because they can't fix the issue. Like, you know, there's so many trickle-down effect that happens. So it's smart on their part from a, a cost standpoint. Yeah. And and that e-ticket attraction you guys are talking about, um, I think it's supposed to be based inside the Avengers headquarters. And if you guys have seen that, it's this big building um, that looks exactly like the uh, Avengers campus does in the movies. And that's just really cool, which is the way it looks. Like, I think they did a really good job with those buildings. So yeah. You for real? Oh, my bad. Go ahead, Nolan. Yeah, no, but what they built uh, architecturally is a... Uh was a, a great move on their end. So I'll give them that, too. Yeah, so here's here's what I, I looked at. it. There's a, an article um, that talks a little bit about it, and it says um, that the, the new ride will be completed in the Avengers headquarters attraction, and it's the flagship attraction of the entire land, expected to be an e-ticket thrill ride with a larger budget than, any, than everything else in Avengers campus combined. Jesus, whoa. Yeah. And now I know that animate Spider-Man dude was, like, hella pricey, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to kind of see that because I think Disney is best when they have a lot to work with, and it's something that they know they have to really smash on, so. Yeah, and something cool also I wanted to note for the Spider-Man ride, I know, like, this is like kind everyone's going to say oh you know they're making you spend more money like disney whatever but like you can you can buy um add-ons um like let's say you can buy um iron man um or like um, a thing that goes on your arm or they have a couple other uh, characters and on the ride you'll have the powers of that superhero so like for iron man you'll see on the screen like his you know his um, blasters coming out so like that's really cool to like help with rewritability and to make it a little different, you know, each time you ride it. Yeah, yeah, and I, it, it is cool. Um, I, I want to see it in person, too, because, I mean, it's yeah. one thing to hear about it, but um, I do think it's cool. So, um, no, I think it's definitely a, a cool addition, and it'll be exciting to see kind of how this all plays out, because obviously with the uh, Universal Park opening, um they have a lot to kind of fight for as a, a theme park battle. So It's um, a cool addition, but Bob Iger just sold half of his <laughs> Disney stock, so I think there's a uh, big problem that we don't know about. Did he uh, really? Yeah, uh, he made $100 million. He sold 500,000 <laughs> shares. Mm. Wow. Well, so um, our last thing of the night is a segment that we will always have at the end of each episode um regarding a question questionnaire 
Um, it could be anything related to the parks, anything from uh, Florida internationally, nationally. And uh, because it's our first episode, um, it's going to be one of us giving a question. Um, but in the future episodes, we'd love to get um, feedback, um, different uh, ways to interact with us, whether it be uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at For Your Amusement, obviously. And uh, so in the future episodes, um, definitely uh, be on the lookout for that because we want to hear from you guys. So uh, Kyle or Nick, I want one question. And, yeah, whoever has the better question, shoot for it. Oh, man, I was not prepared for this. Are we uh, coming up with a question? <laughs> just, just one question. I mean, the question that I have is going to take a whole episode because I wrote it down and it's fresh in my mind. All right, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, we're gonna we'll save that one for the next week. Then, Kyle, you have, it could be something small. It's gonna be big. Well, so I guess it could be big, but let's let's um, we'll keep it small. We'll keep it small. So, my question is: We talked a little bit about um, rides that had previously closed. So, if you could ride any ride that was previously closed, could be Disney Universal. Anyone, which would it be? Um, with the question, is it does it get to stay or is it just like you get to ride it once and like that's it? Um, let's say you get to ride. Eh, you, okay, you can bring it back. Let's say you can bring it back. Okay, bring it back. Um, for me, Petition. this is this is this is a very tough question because there's a lot of answers, but like the one or- thing. Yeah. That really makes me salty, um, and it's funny because I haven't I haven't been there in ages. Um, it's the Great Movie Ride. I think that's probably the one ride that I I think because I rode it so many times when I was younger, and it just has a lot of different elements to it that a lot of attractions now don't have, and mm-hmm. it sucks that they don't have it. And I haven't ridden the new ride, so I can't really judge it. But uh, I think that'd be my top choice because it's just it was a really great uh, attraction there. Nick, what do you think? Well, <laughs> I'm between the Great Movie Ride is a fantastic choice, and I'm not gonna copy because there's no fun in that. <laughs> in my head, I have two rides, and the two rides are Jaws, and the other ride is the Snow White ride, which was just recently closed. Um, I would probably pick Jaws, and the reason why is the same reason as the Great Movie ride. The track is the same, the animatronics do the same thing at their trigger points every time you go on the ride, but the element of surprise is your captain or your skipper, and he, they either make the ride the best ride you've ever been on, the mm-hmm. worst ride you've ever... It's like the Jungle Cruise. Like You <laughs> never know what you're going to get when you get that experience. So that is perfect. Nolan, great choice. Yeah, yours is a great front runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, those, I mean, those are great rides, um, and I was lucky enough to go on Jaws, um, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Like That was... You know, when it was on, when the skipper was on, like, that was an amazing ride. Um, and so, but the thing that I would say um, is the original King Kong ride. Um, mm. Because that was supposed, like, 
supposed to be unbelievable. It had this huge, like, towering King Kong animatronic that you you were on a tram, and, he you know, he pulled you to him, and you got up close and personal. Like, that was the coolest thing, and I would have loved to try that. Nolan, you weren't on it, right? I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got to go on it. I don't remember pretty much anything. Um, they actually have, I actually have a VHS, uh, not V, what is it? A, uh, a cassette tape? <laughs> One of those very old video recorders, whatever you put in those things, you can play it onto the a TV or something. And I, we actually have footage from that. Wow. Which is really dope. Yeah. Um, so, um. Oh, man, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I actually have a couple of those from back in the day, and it's really cool to kind of look back on how it was, because uh, before Comcast took over, uh, Universal was kind of in the trenches, you know. So, uh, yeah, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed our first ever episode. Um, I know I enjoyed it. Uh, Nick and Kyle are a great addition to uh, the trio. Um as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok on For Your Amusement. I know I said it earlier, but we interact with you guys a lot on there. Um, so it would be awesome if you guys followed us on there or chatted with us, whatever it may be. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace.